0: hello everyone and welcome to pixels which is a show where we try to gather the entirety of the news in the gaming industry from from the past couple of weeks and we serve it back to you on a wonderful platter from which you can just pick and choose well you can't really choose we serve everything we chose and uh, the most important news and hopefully that allows you to get an overview of everything important that's happened and you get a little bit of analysis of all of this and as if that deal wasn't good enough already you get hopefully a couple of chuckles and uh, a little bit of fun out of the show. My name is Patrick Beja and to help me Um, gather the news and recite it to you with analysis, is the amazing James
1: Bartolomeu. How is it going, James? It's going very well, Patrick. Thanks so much for having me again today. Um, There's some cool stuff going on in gaming right now.
0: There is. And some mildly infuriating stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) As we'll see. Uh, You noticed I I used the qualifier amazing to introduce you um yes. Thank that's you. because you are amazing so Thank you. there you go <laughs> all right um in gaming we're going to be talking about konami in kind of a sequel to what we discussed uh in the episode from 2 weeks ago mm-hmm. uh we're going to be talking about uh, castlevania and stuff like that assassin's creed uh the next installment has been announced uh good old games uh, the witcher a whole bunch of stuff results financial results from um from all of the big players. So there's a lot to uh, dive into. And let's start immediately with Konami. Those who listened to the previous episode will remember that we discussed at length our thoughts on what Konami was thinking, canceling uh, the, the one of their most anticipated title, Silent Hills, and you know following the separation with kojima Mm -hmm. kojima instigator of the metal gear series and we posited or at least i wondered what that meant for the company and i went as far as to suggest they might be actually leaving the game industry entirely because Of course, I wouldn't really know, but and I don't think that's a a very likely, I didn't think it was a very likely scenario, Mm -hmm. but it was one that what they had done in the past few days and weeks put into the realm of possibilities. Yeah. And it seems I was kind of half right, kind of. Um, So what happened is... On uh, a few days later, I think about a week ago, uh, we had the CEO of Konami answer a few questions. And one of them was, what is Konami doing with gaming and the mobile industry and and the not mobile industry, the console industry? Um, And so Mr. Uh, Hayakawa, uh, Hideki Hayakawa, Said basically that they are going to be, they're not going to be getting out of gaming as a whole, but there is definitely going to be focusing on mobile, on mobile games and in gaming, which. You know, for Konami, unlike what I thought, gaming is still a significant portion of their revenue. Actually, it's their majo- the majority of their revenue, mm-hmm. but it's very much mobile gaming. And he mentioned things like Metal Gear and even the potential Silent Hills, uh, the big titles. He mentioned that they were Western titles. Games, which was a little bit of a surprise for me. I guess Japanese gamers have really shifted away from at least Konami's uh, big console games, and they're making a lot more money on on mobile, and that is what what they are going to be focused on going forward. So it's not like I was, you know, I was right on the on the money with the Konami mm-hmm. might be getting out of of gaming, but. They're certainly shifting gears dramatically by focusing on gaming. It seems, we don't know exactly, but it seems almost exclusively. And
1: that was, I mean, that's a shock. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what I've looked at is that it looks like while gaming makes them a lot of money in the West, that the Japanese stuff is a lot of it is gambling, like pachinko machines. And them moving to mobile kind of makes sense there because that you know you can get that addi- same addictive gameplay in the um, i guess with him saying it's western market he can he that's what they want to focus on here is the bigger games but going to mobile makes sense in japan with the the gambling that they like and and the the you know I, i'm not sure how how to say it the the,
0: the mechanics of uh of uh, mobile games are sometimes a little bit akin to gambling I guess yeah exactly yeah <laughs> well yeah I actually we we've heard a little bit more about this um in conferences about mobile gaming we've heard developers bemoan the fact that it was now a lot of people coming from the gambling world because there are some some of the same mechanics apply for mm-hmm. some of the mobile games and i mean um nevada passed a law um uh, only a few days ago allowing quote unquote skill based gambling machines huh. so and, and and so that is something that konami was very happy about they've been very vocal about the fact that this was uh, a good thing for them um, and yeah, I guess I mean in Japan, it's definitely mobile gaming period that is their cash cow at the moment, but yeah, there is some some similarity to to gambling more and more how to get people to spend as much money as possible uh within the context of that uh of that game there are you know there are good and bad bad mobile games, but um, yeah, I don't know, it leaves a very Sour taste in my mouth. Uh, Me too. You're probably a bit too young to, to really have enjoyed the, the old school Konami games.
1: Um, uh, I I've, mean, I've played I've played Castlevania and I've played um, i played Devil May Cry. I've played those games. But I have, uh, yeah, Devil May I, Cry is Capcom. That you are correct. Sorry. Um, yeah, things like uh, Contra, Dick Gradius,
0: and Contra. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, Contra. Okay, so you're not that
1: young. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Devil May Cry definitely Capcom. That's a um, really embarrassing. Yeah, so
0: thing. so I don't know. I mean, Konami is. It's it's a bit sad. It's a bit sad. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, um, I mean, what what makes me even sad is that uh, it scares me you know, what's going to happen to their big franchises. I mean, are we going to be getting Contra slot machines, <laughs> or are we well, going to be it, getting? I mean, they've got they've got loads of IPs that aren't being used right now, mm. and what's going to happen to those?
0: It's, yeah, and we'll get to that in just a minute. And another interesting echo to our uh, last episode. But there's another thing I wanted to mention. Um, There was something that made a little bit of noise with Konami trying to suppress a video on YouTube that was trying to explore the reason behind the split between Konami and Kojima. Yeah. And they tried to suppress it. Uh, Obviously, they used the bogus, uh, the bogus, the bogus DMCA. pretext, yeah, yeah. Well, a pretext using the DMCA of like there was 27 seconds of game footage at the end of the video, but it's like Konami is actively trying to be a hated company right now. Del yeah. Toro also mentioned that uh, he was very disappointed and surprised by Konami's uh, approach of the cancellation of uh, the the you know Silent Hills and the removal entire removal of the playable uh teaser that is now not available on the uh, playstation store even if you had downloaded it previously it, you can't re-download it so don't erase it from your hard drives people but um i don't know i don't know what konami is doing i think they just they don't care they're just uh done with traditional gaming and they're it's not their business anymore
1: yeah um, I it leads me to a question that I had. I mean, just as I know that you you working in PR before, do I I don't understand how people don't understand the Streisand effect with what happens when you remove something like this. Yeah, you know,
0: it's. I think this was definitely uh, somewhat of a mistake. They realized uh, too late, you know, that they shouldn't have done this. Or maybe it was some higher up who said, I don't care, just get it off the Internet without understanding that what that was going to lead to. Mm-hmm. But especially since they couldn't keep it off the Internet, even the the, the actual video, they didn't have any legitimate uh reason for asking for its removal it was more than fair use and you know critique of it was a, a work of journalism um but i don't i i just think that they don't they really just don't care anymore they're just out of this market and pff, whatever it's not something they care about
1: yeah yeah it definitely seems like it's just like we're pulling out the industry so we will just completely mm. go s- scorched earth we're just out of here yeah. Do as much damage as we can, and then not really <laughs> care about what happens afterwards.
0: Which is which is strange. It's definitely there is some kind of dissonance there. Um yeah. it's it's also. I mean, we'll see what happens at E three. I can I don't see what could be introduced or talked about at E three. Probably, um, you know, Metal Gear Solid Solid Five is going to be discussed, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I w- also wouldn't be surprised if uh, Kojima resurfaced somewhere somehow but we'll see talking about resurfacing um another thing we were saying in the previous episode was how the love we have for castlevania and uh lo and behold a few days after uh, the the episode was released um there there's a a kickstarter project by koji igarashi uh who is basically the creator of the castlevania series and uh he he went to kickstarter and said we have a new project it's it was very cheeky very well done it was basically garashi playing vampire in this presentation video <laughs> um in this dark castle and he was talking to the camera and saying everything he wanted to do with this new game called bloodstained um and it's funny because i've said more than once on this show that i don't I'm a little bit tired of the nostalgia gaming Kickstarter trend where, you know, creators from old games that aren't very um, uh, uh, successful at this stage or that Mm -hmm. big publishers don't want to back uh, anymore go to Kickstarter and get a game launched. And I'm like, well, okay, that's cool. But I wish there were more, you know new original things projects. on yeah, yeah, original work and and certainly there is some but obviously it doesn't have the draw because the the people don't have anything to to refer to when they look at those projects but and and so i saw this and it played me like a violin mm-hmm. it was like you know ex- it, exactly what we were saying in the previous episode like oh i wish i could play a modern castlevania konami has such powerful ips and brands and uh and they could do something with those memories that we have and it just did that kickstarter project was exactly that so of course i went ahead and backed it immediately Mm -hmm. (laughs) shamelessly renounced (laughs) everything I had been saying. Well, not quite. It's not like I hate those types of Kickstarters. But um, so I went ahead and pledged 28 bucks, which is the minimum you have to pledge to get a digital version of the game. And of course and and the 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 thing is a roaring success it's at uh, yeah. it's initial goal was $500,000 it's now past 2.3 million with 25 days uh to go so it's it wouldn't be surprising that it goes past 3 million and I think the Kickstarter project was pretty well uh put together basically they have a huge amount of engagement and uh, different milestones that don't only have to do with the amount of money they get, but also with the amount of retweets and Facebook fans and all of that. And they're very open about the fact that they are doing the Kickstarter to prove there's interest in the game so that their backers, their uh, corporate finance uh, finance will follow because if there is enough interest, they're going to get the actual money they need from the uh serious uh, editors and and publishers so Absolutely. and they said it's going to be available in two years the only thing we have is an idea and a couple of pieces of concept art and a kick-ass team and it's going to take two years to make it at a minimum so you know they're very very open i think they've learned a lot of the lessons of the kickstarter um uh pitfalls and uh, yeah i think it's pretty well done
1: yeah so I- are you a backer are you in I'm not, but I'm definitely thinking about it. I, I, I'm I, not sure how I feel about backing Kickstarters just because I've got so much to play now and that more stuff comes anyway. That backing stuff just gives me more to play. Uh, but I, I, I think I will back this just because I know that Igarush has been wanting to make a new game for ages and he hasn't done anything that's not hasn't led anything properly in a while. I know that it's all been he's been kind of like just off in the side, just playing yeah. with Castlevania hired,
0: stuff. Yeah, he's been he's been doing other stuff, at, not as a project lead.
1: Yeah, oh. I might support it just for the fact that it's you know he gets to do what he wants to do and supporting the. <laughs> but it may it's it's surprising. Well, it's not surprising that this launched right as this Konami stuff was going off. It's like he thought, oh, Konami are going down the drain. If I do this right now, I can play on that fact that Konami are being uh, nasty, and and I will get that sympathetic stuff like.
0: Yeah, very it's much. possible. I mean, it seems like they had been working on it for a very long time, but That's it wouldn't true. be surprising if they, they said, all right, we wanted to launch it, you know, in a month, but let's do it now. Maybe they wanted yeah. to do it closer to E3 or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, just like, yeah, mm. and striking while the hammer's hot, you know, just yeah. getting in.
0: Yeah, very, very possible. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, talking about the potential issues with the game. I I realized as I was pressing the keys to enter my credit card number mm-hmm. in the backing thing. It's like I under I completely understand this might not turn out well, but it's kind of the the pleasure of Kickstarter is also sort of buying into the dream. And yes. you know, it's buying hope basically. And it's okay if that ends up not materializing. I I it's it already being able basically, I think I said on twitter paying twenty twenty eight dollars to buy a dream is not that much money no so i'm 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 okay with it. I wouldn't do it for any game mm-hmm. um i I wouldn't do do it for most games actually, but I think from time to time, if it's something that really really resonates with you. Um, I think it's uh, very understandable and that definitely was the case for me. It it was such, you know, it was like the the week before I was bemoaning the lack of updated, renewed vision for a Castlevania game. And it's okay if that game gets made and sells, I don't know, you know, 50,000, 100,000 copies. It doesn't have to be a multi-million seller. Um currently there are 30,000 contributors. Let's say he does 10 times this in sales, 300,000 copies. It's a good amount of money for a, a yeah. team. It's not something necessarily that would warrant the immediate backing of a publisher, but it's okay for the project as it stands. So
1: Yeah, and also I think that if that happens and it shows that there's there's People want. I mean, it has already shown that people want Castlevania games. It also show that more people. It will show that a game like that can be successful, and more developers will start making them.
0: I I really think that Kickstarter is kind of finding its its stride, and and project uh, creators are understanding how it works and what mm-hmm. to expect from it. And so, yeah, it's good. It's good. Bloodstained. I can't wait. For 2017 which is a long time from now it probably is. it's going to be 2018 at the minimum so yeah we'll see um what else assassin's creed is coming october 21st in a splash of surprising news <laughs> ubisoft announced that
1: there was a new assassin's creed coming out are you it's amazing i'm very surprised that their annual game is coming <laughs> um do you care that another assassin's creed game is coming um i don't know when my voice gets high
0: like this it probably means (laughs) that i don't really care all that much but you know i i i loved uh the 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 environment of Mm -hmm. assassin's creed unity Mm -hmm. and assassin's creed syndicate which is the name for what was codenamed uh assassin's creed uh victory for the Victorian London uh, type of game that this is going to be. Um, I think they spent Assassin's Creed Unity creating a, a, a graphical engine yeah. and a, sort of getting a, a cu- acquainted with the new consoles. And mm-hmm. I have some hope that Syndicate is going to be a maturing of that process and, and the real iteration of the assassin's creed franchise on the current
1: generation of consoles okay um, so you so think that this would be the assassin's creed 4 to unity's assassin's creed 3
0: but i don't know i don't know maybe it's i i want to hope that it's going to be better i'm not a huge assassin's creed fan mm-hmm. um i <sighs> I think there's an opportunity there for sure. However, it's... given how little the game has evolved over the past 5 years or 6 years, I I I think reasonably we shouldn't expect too much. No. But, you know, they were th- there are some gameplay elements like there's a grappling hook, there's the possibility of of going into carriages and play grand theft victorian london essentially um you know horse carriages that you you can get onto them and just travel through the city and and wreck everything so that might be a little bit fun i don't know i think they the, the most the thing that is giving me the most hope is i don't know if you saw the entire video but there was a portion where they were owning up to the mess that Assassin's Creed Unity was, did you see that part? That I
1: portion? did. Yeah. What did you think? I think it's bizarre. Hmm. I mean, it's good to see that they're, they're, you know, acknowledging that Unity wasn't a very, was graphically not working, and it was, you know, it was a broken game. But it seems like a weird way to get back that goodwill. Because I mean, you saying that your game is messed up doesn't really help me. Once I've paid the $60 for the AAA game, it doesn't make me feel any better, you know?
0: Yeah, I, yeah no, I see what you mean. As someone who has purchased uh, the game, I, I guess it's a way for them to, to say that they're sorry, first of all, again, because they've said it before. Yeah. And I think it's a way of saying, uh, yes, we know this was a terrible uh, uh, F-up, and mm-hmm. we will not do this again, and it, it impacted us. you know, we, we realized it. it. It's not easy when you're a developer, and you put out your baby into the world and it becomes the laughing stock of for sure. of the Internet. But you know, it hurt, but we, we, we fixed it. And for the next one, we're not going to make that same mistake, mistake again. And of course, it, it, the, the real owning up to it is making sure that Assassin's Creed Syndicate is pristine when it comes out on October 23rd, right? But I do think that there's something of a... You know, at a company when you always want to avoid any kind of anything that would reflect negatively on you, especially for a company that is as huge as Ubisoft and as you know, that has as much writing on those big titles for shareholders as Ubisoft. And having worked in PR, I can tell you that this is a cardinal rule of, of PR. It's a very tough call to actually bring the conversation back on an, a, a dark portion of your That's history a as a That's a very good point, yeah. Um, and, and I think that... If they hadn't done it it, it, it there would have been snickering on the entire internet, you know? It, it would have been part of the conversation. So being courageous enough to actually own up to it allows them, and of course that's why they, they did it, allows them to control the message that is traveling around that particular issue when inevitably they have to announce their next game. Yeah, so. Right but i do think it is a very difficult decision and i think they handled it well i think they handled it respectfully and mm-hmm. sincerely uh, however much you know however sincere a uh, highly produced video you know presentation video can be for a big company but yeah i it, it did resonate with me i it yeah. felt like you know uh, something that too few companies do. They ignore the elephant in the room and it makes them come out as less sincere. I think in this case, it served Ubisoft well. H- have I convinced you or are you still queasy yeah, about it? Yeah, no, you,
1: you have You have uh, convinced me. I, I think that it definitely, it, understanding that them saying, hey, we messed this up is definitely saying like, uh, is definitely saying like we, did, we messed up and that's not good for the shareholders because the shareholders be like, oh, you guys messed yeah. up. And you're, you're agreeing that you did, so... Yeah. yeah, I agree with you there. I do think mm. that, and I think that them controlling the message is is definitely. I I think I would have rather they apologized outside of the marketing video mm. because it's definitely a. But again, I understand that shareholders want that to be done yeah. so you can control the message.
0: Yeah, I think I think well, honestly, I think if shareholders had had well, it, it has little to do with the shareholder holders themselves. They don't, you know craft the message but it's yeah. dangerous for the company to express itself that way yeah, exactly because the game any any little misstep they take in any announcement can reflect back. you know can be reflected in sure. the, the quotes uh, the the shares movement and so but yeah ultimately i think it serves the company and that's the big yeah. irony of all of this ultimately I think when you do the right thing for by your customers, I do think that in the long run, it serves your company and your shares and your value, be it delay a game to make it good when it comes out, be it develop, you know, leave enough time for, for development for, for the game, be it be straightforward with your, with your customer base. It's, you know a company like valve or blizzard that or you know companies that take the time to to polish their games and and have a very conscious look at the 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 economy of all of it so they they don't want one game to to never come out and and let developers run through you know Mm-hmm. like artists developers run free forever and never release a product. Of course, you have to have economic considerations, but if you try and focus on the product and what's best for the product, everything else will follow. And I think that's a mistake that that a lot of companies make, the mistake of trying to optimize for revenue. And sometimes hurting the product when actually if you optimize for the product, you end up succeeding in revenue as well. Yeah. At least, you know, I that's that's what I've seen happen over and over again.
1: So. And that's why and that ties into this the another story um, about how the syndicate's got no multiplayer. It allows some multiplayer is a big thing for triple developers. It allows to add to playtime and uh retention and not having that shows that they want to focus on making the single player of syndicate a lot more focused. A lot more polished and a lot more, uh, a lot nicer experience for the consumer. A much better product.
0: No, you're right. You're right. It's it's very telling that it has no multiplayer. It's 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 kind of. I mean, there has been a conversation over the past few years of whether or not we do need multiplayer in every single of our every single one of our games. But you know that there is going to be some people you know we were talking about this in the um w- when i was talking about dragon age mm-hmm. um and how i wasn't a big fan of inquisition i understand it has huge qualities but it felt like a game that had as many box boxes ticked as possible mm-hmm. um and multiplayer in a current triple a game multiplayer is one of those boxes and you want to have it ticked because that's what big AAA a games do nowadays yep. Um, So them saying, you know what, we don't want the multiplayer to be in because it's going to distract from the focus we have for our game. Again, I think it shows a little bit of, of, it's not like, it's not you're throwing yourself into the unknown. It's not the most incredibly courageous decision ever, but it's again, a a step in the right direction and something that makes me think uh, that the people at at Ubisoft are (laughs) actual human that learn about, that yeah. learn of them their mistakes and that want to make a good game. And with all this, I'm still not sure that Syndicate is going to be something that's going to get my my interest. But, you know, the the promise of Assassin's Creed is always uh, something that is seducing. But yeah,
1: the execution we... I've personally not played an Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag came out and I do like the universe. So I would... I think I'll... And I'm English. It'd be nice to see Victorian London. I think, based on what they're saying, I won't. I mean, I won't pre-order it, but I'll definitely pay more attention to this, seeing that they've they've owned up to the problems of unity. It's mm. been two years, three years now since PS the new console released. It's well, it's the second 20, year now. Yeah. So yeah, two years since since the consoles came out. I I'm willing to give this more of a chance now, seeing how they're approaching it.
0: Mm yeah and and i mean the victorian london i mean seeing paris in in assassin's creed unity was half the fun for me it was so amazingly rendered so amazingly beautiful um and i played it after you know the, the like a few weeks after the the initial release so it was it was fixed by then but it was so pretty so so pretty so yeah we'll see we'll see um Good Old Games Galaxy, you're, yes. you're, you're an indie gamer type person, surely yes. you jumped on yes. GOG Galaxy. Yes,
1: I'm actually looking at my library right now in, in uh, GOG Galaxy. Uh, I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, so yeah. GOG, GOG, for those who don't know, Good Old Games is a service that uh, sells you DRM-free, entirely DRM-free uh, games on your PC. And they are usually, they used to be focused on good old games. So it, were, it was older games. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can do anything with them. You can, yep. you know, copy the files. You can install them on 15 different computers. You can give them to your friends. Well, you're yep. not supposed to, but you can. Um, and they came out with GOG Galaxy, which is uh, their desktop client. Um, it just came out in open beta. And anyone can go and request a key um, you get it after a couple of days it's it's you know spartan it's yeah. uh it's still very very new it's it's uh, uh being unwrapped, and many of the functionalities, if not all of the functionalities aren't there um, mm-hmm. but i don't know what what do you think
1: uh so i've never been like i I use Steam a lot because I, it's where I get sent indie review codes and it's where all my games are. And I've always said that I want Steam to have a competitor and a big competitor people are going to, that people are going to have to choose between. So not Origin or Uplay, but something that is going to make Steam think about the way they, they handle themselves. And right now, good old, uh, the, sorry GOG Galaxy is looking to do that. So it's really simple to manage. You have access to everything. It's entirely optional, which is very important to me. So I, I don't have to use this client ever. I can still use the website, which is really nice. And install your games
0: and launch your games individually. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, and it's, it just, it, it's really light as well. It doesn't feel intrusive. It's very, very easy to use. And also one of the biggest things to me is, and I'm sure that you felt this as well, Patrick, is that in the EU, we don't get charged fairly for price for games. Like a US a game that's ten dollars will be like eight pounds here, which isn't quite uh fair price wise. So uh, good old well, games.
0: Welcome welcome to to socialism and Absolutely. To socialist Europe. We we Absolutely. have more taxes and we have more and that's usually why it's a little bit more expensive if you do
1: the conversion. But yeah. you know, on
0: the other hand, we get you know, free
1: education yeah, and healthcare. We do.
0: But that's another that's another debate.
1: Um but, uh. good old games are saying that we that it's fair price, so everything will be it's not one dollar to one pound, it's always gonna be converted. Mm. Uh I like it. And I also like that a lot it's gonna have I mean, I'm I don't care about that it's DRM free. I'm never going to send send someone a game, but I like having full control of my games. Yeah. You know, like I paid forty well, I didn't pay forty dollars for the Witcher because so I got it with my graphics card. But had I paid forty, uh, sorry, forty pounds for The Witcher, I want to have full control over that, mm. and I can download this stick on my external hard drive, and I've got it forever.
0: You know, it's yeah. That's that's definitely one of the appeal of um, of the oh, I can't connect to Steam. What's happening? That is strange. I was <laughs> going to check the um, I was going to check the 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 price for The Witcher on the Steam um on the steam store because i it's think 40 I think, pounds i think it's the same price on steam and on good old games it is the, yeah yeah it is it's 49 euros in on steam and 49 euros on uh good old games so on that front it's the same thing um mm-hmm. but yeah i think the the drm thing is is nice um, it's good to have that choice. Personally, I'm kind of wedded to Steam. It's just nice to have everything on well, one... exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, on, on one interface, one place, it's it's nice. And I think, as silly as that might be, if I get The Witcher on uh, PC, which I probably won't, because of a whole bunch of reasons I'm not going to get into, but mm-hmm. of course, PC is my platform of choice. I, I'm a PC Master Race person, but... Mm-hmm. I love all games. Um, but I would still get it on Steam, I think, be- just because I like having everything in one place. And, yeah. But that being said, um, I love that there is competition, as you were saying. Even beyond that, I think we need competition. Yes. Um, Steam is way too dominant yes. as a platform on PC, and it's not healthy for an industry. Oh. So... Yeah, I, I welcome the rise of good old games, and uh, I hope that it does get a little bit more, uh, you know, d- dominance or uh, presence in yeah. the gaming industry. That being said, I don't see a lot of publishers play with a DRM-free uh, player yes. of the industry.
1: Yes. I mean, so Volition, is it Volition. Uh, no, who won't? Deep Silver, sorry. Have just added like Darksiders and Darksiders 2 and the Saints Row series. Two good old games. Uh, sorry, Saints Row 2 and Saints Row the third. So they haven't had Saints Row 4 yet. But I mean, I think this is that old conversation of like, if you trust a the consumer, they're less likely to pirate. I know it's not something that is entirely foolproof, but someone that wants to pay you money for something will use it fairly. If you trust them, like DRM, typically doesn't hurt a pirate. It will hurt a player. It will hurt right. a legitimate customer. And in the case of good old games, I feel like I don't have any statistics about this. Up, but the majority of people using it aren't sharing games with people.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe, but the thing is, if you you if your games are going to be pirated anyway, yeah, And, and exactly. all games are available on torrent sites very easy, easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't think it's going to be enough to convince the people who no. own the rights to put their games on, on on good old games. But I think there is a place in today's market for good old games as a second or third window for a game. When it's, you know, a couple of years old... Uh, you know, two or three years old, it's been, you've sold as many of them as you could sell, you know, on, on all the consoles and steam and you know, whatever your own um, uh, service that you have, be it origin or you play or whatever other uh, proprietary service um, you might think, you know, I, there is a portion of the players who are using good old games galaxy and I want to cater to those players as well. So I'm going to put it in there, maybe a little bit less expensive or whatever. And it's another outlet for your game and for you to be able to make money. And as that happens, if Good Old Games manages to grab a portion of the of the audience, um, I could see how down the line um, publishers might start thinking about maybe using a DRM-free uh policy mm-hmm. yeah down the line you know but not definitely not right oh now.
1: no yeah espe- especially when you have people like ubisoft and uh, EA using extra drm on top of steamworks like using yeah. uplay i mean yeah. i'm not as i said i'm not overly concerned about the lack of drm i i'm mostly supporting galaxy for the competition i've right. always said that i want steam's customer support to be better and i want steam to be uh, I want to be able to make my own branches. I want to be able to use. I I won't be able to make my own, but I want people to be able to make their own versions of the Steam client. <laughs> and well, good luck with that. Yeah, but people. Um, good old Games recently put up a poll saying, "Hey, do you guys want us to make this open source and making <laughs> Galaxy so you can make your own branches of it and and change it?" And I like that. Yeah definitely and
0: also by the way uh good old games and uh, cd project are very close i believe it's the same investors the same it's a you know the same company ish or at least the same owners Um,
1: cd project own cd project i think cd project red are the guys that own cd project
0: that is a little bit too specific for me um I, i know that they're definitely the same bunch yeah, um, and and it shows when you're um, when you're you look at the you know the the first thing that sh- you see on uh, Good Old Games is The Witcher Three, obviously, yep. which you can buy immediately, um, and you know there, it's the the Polish uh, the Polish developer that developed. Uh, that developed all of this um i'm trying to google at the same time now now you sort of put me on the yes yeah, so, uh, on the spot
1: <laughs> um cd project is the capital group and they own cd project red and they red good old games and
0: good old games there you yeah. go
1: there you go right
0: um so it is, it is definitely something that they, they tried to rush to market mm-hmm. to, get, to make sure that uh, it was available for the release of, of yes. The Witcher 3, which honestly, unless you're an idiot like me, there is no reason to buy uh, The Witcher on Steam. You should definitely <laughs> get it on, on good old games. And I actually, you know what? I think I might. Um, I don't I- know.
1: I think it doesn't make much of a difference. I know that I know that actually the version you get on the Witcher th- on good old games you get more content with it. Like you get the the um, the down the, the extra the extras. So you get the like wallpapers and soundtrack and HD videos for free. I know that on the Steam version you don't get everything. You just get the um, the artwork and the wallpapers whereas the good old games version you get the comics you get the soundtrack your hd videos you get paper toys more extras come with it with the good hmm. old games version
0: well there you go one more reason to to go with good old games um and talking about the witcher holy moly is it getting good reviews yes yeah amazing reviews that's pretty it, it was such a tall order um, taking the world of The Witcher and making it open open world, yeah. Um It's it's uh, most I mean all of the reviews have been been done before release on PlayStation Four hardware. Um yes. and there are a couple of glitches here and there, but it, it's it seems very good. It's definitely not as pretty as the trailers uh, led everyone to to believe. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's not mind blowingly pretty but it's it's shaping up to be a great game and i think so i i i because i'm going to be traveling i'm going to be taking my ps4 with me i mm-hmm. think i'm going to get it on ps4 basically okay uh, after after the show ends i'm actually going to go and um go to my local store and try to get them to sell it to me before uh Ooh. before <laughs> the to the date of tomorrow which sure. is the date of uh, but um mm, So, you you got it, you're ready to play it, are you excited?
1: Yeah, I got it with my graphics card. I bought a 970 back in April, and uh, I got it with with that. And I'm, yeah, sitting here, preloaded, ready to launch in 11 hours. They've got a countdown on the site, so launching in 10 hours. I'm very very excited for this. I really enjoyed everything else in the Witcher series, and I've read a couple of the books, and I'm very excited to play this.
0: I, you know, I'm... um, I was... <laughs> I want to love it. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit concerned. Why but are you concerned? I don't know. It's it's. I've tried The Witcher 1, and I, it yeah. didn't stick. I've the tried The one Witcher is 2, clunky. and it didn't stick. Um, so... I don't know, and I, I almost got a, a nine nine seventy a GTX nine seventy, but I'm gonna be away from home for, yeah. for a few weeks, and so I I figured I'll get it when I come back. But mm-hmm. by then, you know, it, they have a promotion with The Witcher and uh, Batman Arkham uh, Origins uh, Arkham Night. Knight, yeah, um, and both of them are gonna be out when I come back. So
1: yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I I just missed them adding Arkham Knight to my To the package I was really annoyed because I know I'm going to play that as well and I missed it for like three or four days. Oh you only got one day? I only got one game? Yeah I only got The Witcher because I bought it like four days before Batman. Yeah. Huh.
0: Oh they added Batman. Yeah so
1: it was originally just The Witcher 3 and then like midway through April they added Batman as well. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Alright. Okay. Um, Well. The Witcher uh seems great and we will report on it uh on the next show i'm sure we'll have uh played it i'm i'm going to buy it for sure it seems like one of the mm-hmm. games you you really can't miss uh this year so i'll get it and we'll see yeah um all right Results in revenue, there's a bunch of stuff uh, happening with, well, not happening. There were the the results for all of the companies in the world, but more specifically for gaming companies. We're not going to go over every single little <laughs> bit of detail because there's a bunch, but uh, let's pluck out the uh, specifically interesting announcements that came out of all of that. Uh, first with EA, they've gone back to... Huge benefits. They basically, uh, last year, they made 7 million benefits, dollars. And this year, it's 875 million. Wow. (laughs) Well done, EA. Blimey. Yeah. And uh, DLC is steadily increasing as as a part of the revenue. It's now almost a billion dollars in revenue for for this year. So if you're complaining about DLC, then stop buying it. (laughs) because no one is apparently stopping buying it um mirror's edge 2 is coming out in early 2016 Uh, however titanfall 2 will not be coming out before uh, q2 2016 which one of those are you are you excited for the most that's a really
1: difficult question because i was one of the few people that really enjoyed titanfall um Mirror's Edge 2, I know I'll definitely play. Titanfall 2, I'll definitely... I would say Mirror's Edge 2 I'm more excited for. Which I one, sorry? Mirror's Edge I'd be more excited for.
0: Okay. I think. I've I've enjoyed uh, both of those games, yeah. actually. And th- they were both, I think... Mirror's Edge was a great game, period. Titanfall mm-hmm. was a huge potential that didn't pan out. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, well, I, I'm excited about both of them. I think I am I can imagine what Titanfall 2 would be, and yep. that is easier for me to get excited about. But I'm hoping we're going to see more of Mirror's Edge 2 at uh, E3. And honestly, Mirror's Edge was sort of a, a neat trick, a neat gimmick, which mm-hmm. I... I do worry a little bit that mirror's edge two can only be the same thing only somewhat prettier but not really because it's so conceptual artistically Mm -hmm. that it's kind of the same um but we'll see maybe i'm gonna be maybe i'm gonna be surprised maybe it's gonna be you know mind-blowing uh vr stuff and uh yeah we'll see Mm mm-hmm um, Ubisoft is doing well uh, the division is delayed to Q1 2016 so it won't be coming out in 2015 uh, they have more AAA games that are not announced yet that will come out by fiscal year this year which means March 2016 so that's um, exciting potentially I'm I'm wondering what it could be but I guess again we're going to be hearing a little bit more at E3 um, Activision is doing very well as well. And it, they confirmed the new Tony Hawk's uh, yes. game name, which is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. I was never big
1: into Tony oh, Hawk, man. but you were. I played a lot of Tony Hawk as a kid. I am excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess there are some of you guys. It's not going to be the yeah. biggest... Free- it's not going to be as... Let's put it like that. It's not going to be as big as it was back when no. it was
1: big. But. No, but it would be, it'd be like the, the, um, the guitar hero coming out. It's not going to be as big as yeah. it, but it's definitely going to get back those players that played it before.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Blizzard is having uh, reached 30 million players in Hearthstone. That's big. Destiny That's huge. 20 million uh, players. Um. That's, that's a lot of, of <laughs> cards, and that's a lot of uh, Guardians in is Destiny. Is
1: that active players, or is that just players? No,
0: no, no, no. It's okay. players total. And I'm wondering if they're, if they're counting... I believe anyone who has actually engaged uh, with the um, tutorial is counted as a player. It might be okay. someone who has completed the tutorial. Not sure. But um, yeah, it's, it, it could be people that have played you know, for two hours and stopped. Um and for Destiny it could be people that have played the demo I suspect you know 20 million they would have said we have sold 20 million games of Destiny 20 20 million Destiny um I and I don't think that's how they phrased it so yeah. I I suspect there might be some shenanigans happening there with the demo
1: um
0: mm-hmm. which is always a neat trick you you want to uh to to keep your eye on. Um, what else? What else? 3 million players down for World of Warcraft. Basically, it went 7 million, 10 million, 7 million. Yeah. Um, which means it's on the same track on the bell curve track as it had been uh, before the release of the latest expansion. It mm-hmm. won't be very surprising. Well, I think 3 million is a huge number. It is. But, when you think of it as... Well, it's always a huge number, no matter how, how you think mm-hmm. of it. But, you know, when you think of it as the, the, the amount of people that came back to check the expansion and then left after a couple of months, it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So
1: um, I was one of those people.
0: You were? And you stopped, yeah. you stopped yeah. playing?
1: Sadly. I thought, I've, I mean, I really enjoyed the, the leveling experience, but I felt like it wasn't. I felt like, I, I, to be honest, I feel like I'm done with MMOs in general. So but yeah, I mean it definitely shows that it was people came back for what World of General was supposed to be and then felt like it didn't really change what WoW was and then they left again. Mm. So it's good that it's staying stable and it hasn't dipped further, really. Yeah,
0: for sure. It's it's uh I think there is a, a market for those it's it's a game that those players enjoy, and I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's definitely not going to keep to get back to where it was. It's going to no. keep dwindling probably. And 7 million is still a huge amount of people. It's yeah. by far, by far, far, far the biggest MMO. But Definitely. it's it's true. I guess pl- players have moved on to things like MOBAs and, and free-to-play games is huge. And mm-hmm. and that's where I think Blizzard, and e- anytime I talk about Blizzard, I should uh, do the disclaimer that mm-hmm. I used <laughs> to work for Blizzard. But... Um, They've been very clever about how how they've approached the transition from WoW. Um, They worked on what we suppose was an MMO and they decided it it didn't really work. And because the market is not where it, it was, they didn't find the formula to make WoW 2, basically. However however different or sci-fi or FPS-like it would have been. Um, mm-hmm. So they decided not to release another MMO and instead go with uh, other types of games. Their, all of their um, new projects seem to be free-to-play games. We don't have the model for um, Overwatch yet, their FPS, but I would be surprised. I Actually, I would be shocked if it wasn't a, f- a free-to-play game. Maybe it won't be, but we'll see. And um, yeah, so they have a bunch of games and they're operate, operating the transition well yes, and keeping absolutely. WoW alive as long as they can with good content added to the game. But um, yeah, so I think I'm not very worried about Blizzard, I guess no, is why. <laughs> definitely my... not. Nintendo is making money! Yay! Woo-hoo! It's good. Yay! So That's they're really making good. a little bit of money, $200 uh, million uh, dollars. And that's the first time since, since 2011. Um, so it's good. It's, it's however, on, they're making money on games, not on consoles. Uh, they're selling a lot of Amiibos. I don't think it's doing huge amounts to their bottom line, but it's a lot of, uh, it's especially in uh, North America that they're selling. So I guess, you know, it's an American thing to go hunt for collectibles.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I haven't seen that many Amiibos outside of game here. Like, I haven't seen any in any other store.
0: You mean the the store game?
1: The store game, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen. Them yeah, no. I,
0: it, they were saying it's basically the U.S. and Canada where two thirds of the demand is coming from. Jeez. So, um, so yeah, that's Americans and Canadians. That those are for you. And I still don't get what's the point of all of this. But you know, whatever. Yep. Um, mobile games for um, for Nintendo they 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 said a little bit more about their schedule they're going to release as we knew the first one uh, their first mobile game by 2015 the end of the year and then uh, in total they will have five games by March 2017 so that comes to about one every three or four months and I think that's a pretty reasonable rate and I think yeah. For mobile games, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that they can make really high-quality products.
1: Yes, I mean, um, that shows they're not churning them out. That shows they're approaching them as they would a typical game. I mean, one right. every four months is what they do with their AAA games, is what they do with their, uh, their 3DS games. So it definitely shows they're not approaching them as throwaway titles, and I like right. that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's very, um, it's a very positive way of looking at all of this. Um, I guess the the, the one um, drawback is that they did mention, you know, we don't want to go chase the the. We don't want to go the traditional. It's not a drawback, but I think it's it's them being a little bit wide eyed and and uh, unrealistic about how free-to-play games work they do want to make them free-to-play in their language it's free to try which is more honest yeah um but they they want to have as they want to design the games for as many people as possible to be interested in buying elements of the game and not chase the whales in the free-to-play yeah um, market basically not design the games so that people will come in and the ones who want to pay a lot of money will be able to spend you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars on their games and i I really hope they manage to make it and i think there is a way of doing it if you look at again talking about lizard if you look at the hearthstone it's a mm -hmm. game where a lot of people feel good about purchasing something in the game and they don't have to buy a huge amount of things. But, you know, you're, you're perfectly, uh, it's perfectly okay to buy a little bit and you don't feel bad about not buying it and you don't feel bad about buying it. Absolutely. But I don't know if it's possible to, to do on, you know, five different games. It's, I don't know. Maybe so it I actually is. bought I hope so.
1: a free-to-try Nintendo game last night.
0: Did you buy Pushmo? Uh, yes, I, did.
1: I bought Stretchmo. Right, and I like the way they've handled it so far. And if they handled the mobile games the same way, I can see it being very successful. So
0: basically, it's uh, it's packs. It's you, you have yes. what amounts to a demo, and yep. then you can buy level packs or all of the packs for ten bucks. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you play like the first seven levels like a welcome pack, which teaches you the mechanics of the game in the tutorial. Then it gives you the option to buy like four different sections, each with 100, I think it was 100 levels in the first pack and then 50 in the others. And each of those was like it was four pounds for the first one and two pounds for the others or, or uh, eight pounds for all of them. It worked really well. I thought I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a very honest approach to free-to-play games. It was like, you can't, you can't play the rest of the game, but we're going to give you a demo. If you want to keep playing it, you can buy it piecemeal. Um, yeah, if they do their mobile games like that, it'll work.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It it There is there is definitely a way. Um, the issue with that kind of model, though, is that you're not letting people who want to give you more money yeah. give you more money. And I think that maybe there are going to be games like this and games like the more traditional route of, of free-to-plays, and maybe they're going to try and see what happens. But my fear is that they realize they're making so much more money on the whale hunting games Mm -hmm. that um that they end up you know after a couple of years maybe focusing a little bit more on those uh but i hope you know i have faith in nintendo i think they are yeah um very they are game designers at heart yeah and i don't think they will be Maybe they're going to start making games like that as well, but they're always going to have an avenue and an audience with games that are a little bit less about uh, the gambling, as we were saying earlier in Mm -hmm. in the show, and more about the the gameplay experience. Absolutely. They're going to have rides at Universal Theme
1: Parks. Awesome. Is it? Yes. I'm looking forward to the eventual Mario Sunshine Flume ride.
0: (laughs) yeah i'm not a big you know uh ride guy so oh, me neither
1: <laughs> oh okay all right so
0: you were being sarcastic Definitely. i
1: mean i don't see any problem with this i mean there's harry potter rides in universal studios i think it's you know any way mm-hmm. that i can experience more nintendo stuff is good and it's a way for them to make more money
0: yeah yeah, why not? Why not? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not against it. It's just. It's like the amiibos. It's not necessarily for me. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, there is going to be, for the first time in 25 years, World Championships. Uh, the Nintendo World Championships at E3. And uh, we'll yeah, I guess if you don't have anything new to announce, just do something else, like a kind of esports thing. Why not?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. Like they've been building goodwill and Evo recently, and it would be a good way for them to to, you know, get people to play their games. It's, you know,
0: it's telling that they were, they were mentioning in their calls, uh, that the games that have been performing really well are the games that they got people to come back to and that have, uh, on multiplayer components and, uh, and added content on a regular basis. And I think that's Nintendo discovering the power, the staying power of games that nurture their community on the long tail. Um, so that's good that's always good and uh, it's nice that nintendo is embracing it yes um capcom has doubled its profits woohoo um street fighter 5 is going to be released by march 2016 that's a confirmation of a leaked piece of information we had I- i'll be looking forward to that very eagerly um Bandai Namco is making lots of money and uh, Konami is getting more money as well because of <laughs> all their evil, you know, gambling and uh, mobile games. And uh, what was it? The, the, the other section is not making so mm-hmm. much money, the sports centers. But, you know, whatever. Konami has lost me and mm-hmm. uh, I'll be going with... Uh, iga and his igavenia bloodstained and yep. we'll see what uh, kojima does wh- how he resurfaces you know i would love for for kojima to get out as with a new project at e3 this year with another pub- another developer another publisher didn't, it would be
1: awesome didn't del toro said that he was still open to working with kojima yes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I they they were ready to go. It they they were stopped in their in their tracks. It, it, it was a tragedy. I'm sure, you know. I'm very. I I would not be surprised at all if Kojima ended up, you know, walking on stage as a surprise at the let's say Microsoft event. Yeah. Um, because Microsoft needs a win and yes. they would you know they would pay they go i can see microsoft going to kojima after the announcement that he was sacked from konami microsoft saying mr kojima how much money do you want to we be... will give you that money and you come make a game for us i yes. could absolutely see it
1: yes um, yeah yeah uh, yeah microsoft exclusive kojima game yeah absolutely yeah.
0: And Kojima plus Del Toro taking uh, some kind of ownership of a, of a project they had before and renaming it, as we were saying last time, I could see it happening. E3 is going to be exciting. It Honestly, is, yeah. It's it's always exciting, but um, and so I'm going to try and do something. Um, I I might try and stream comments on on the show. We were talking with Scott. Maybe we we, we can do something. We'll mm-hmm. see. But I think it it's gonna be it's the first year I'm actually a professionally uh, paid podcaster, mm-hmm. and I want to do something about E three. Yeah. I've been wanting to do things about. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that huge event in our industry, which I love, which I was saying last time, it's kind of my Super Bowl, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's yes. the, the thing that I, ex- I wait for the entire year. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Maybe we'll do some, some commentary streaming or something. We'll see. But um, mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting. All right, a bunch of smaller, quicker news. Um, we were talking about, <laughs> about pre-sales in DLC last, last time and uh, saying that there is literally no reason for pre-ordering a game anymore. Well, The Witcher 3 pre-sold 1 million copies. Um, I guess digitally it gets you a significant uh, um, saving. You save like 17% currently in, in France at least?
1: Uh, yeah, if you own The Witcher one and two you get 5% off each and then you get 10% off on top of that for for pre-ordering. Nice. Well, yeah. in
0: France even if you don't own anything, uh you pay 50 bucks instead of 60. So okay. in that case, you know, The Witcher 3 is probably a safe bet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think pre-ordering it if you if you enjoy those types of games, especially now that we've seen the reviews a few days before, the um release of the of the game itself i think it's safe to to pre-order this one and then just for this you
1: get to preload it as well yeah as well um
0: the and and by the way on xbox it's going to have dynamic scaling which is an interesting way of getting around uh the supposed issue with lesser less power on the xbox one than on the ps4 um it's going to dynamically switch between 900 and um 12 8 uh, 1080p uh for depending on the game's complexity i think that's that's pretty neat um that's a nice way of doing it yeah if you can't have 20, 1080p all the time and by the way maybe the the first day one patch is going to fix this but all of the reviews were noting that the ps4 version was having trouble uh staying at 30 images per second so 30 fps was already difficult on ps4 um i'm guessing it's gonna be you know hopefully the patch fixes that but we'll see yes hey james yeah did you want to play more candy crush saga sure yeah well It will come pre-installed on Windows 10, so you can play as much as you
1: want. Wonderful.
0: Um, I loved that title by uh, Ars Technica. The article uh, (laughs) is titled, Humanity Weeps as Candy Crush Saga Comes Pre-Installed with Windows 10.
1: Do you think think Candy Crush is going to go away like the the way the Angry Birds did, or do you think it has too much of a presence now?
0: Um no I think it's going to go away. I think okay. even more than this. Well, Angry Birds hasn't gone away yet. They sold so much. It's not it's not like they have they're making less money now, but they haven't managed to renew their successes, which is yeah. what by the way Walter was talking about uh with uh, when he was announcing Nintendo's arrival on mobile, he was saying all of the developers for mobile games are one-hit wonders and it was the case with uh uh, Angry Birds and honestly I think it's the case with Candy Crush Saga they have, yeah. they have successes here and there but the big one is Candy Crush Saga I think it's going to go away um okay. it's not going to go away now it's not going to go away soon but I don't see King which is the developer for Candy Crush um making doing, another one yeah making another one that is that as big as this maybe maybe you know maybe i'll be wrong and certainly they have a bright future ahead of us with candy crush as it as it comes pre-sold with windows 10 but yeah humanity weeps is kind of my yeah i don't know what if you could choose one game to bundle with windows 10 and realistically you know a game that could be bundled not the witcher 3 you know it's not a game that everyone would would like to play is there a game you could think of that could fill that, that casual gaming need for any Windows 10 user that wouldn't be looked down on by the gaming community?
1: So something like the Solitaire and free Sale that already come bundled? Yeah, yeah but, but like actual games. Um, it would have to be something like this. I would say... Oh, it's hard, I'm going to have to it? think on that. Yeah, I might have to respond at the end when we're done. <laughs> I'm going to have to think.
0: All right, let, let's try. And, and uh, listeners, come on Twitter or on, uh, on, on the site at frenchspin.com. If you can think of a game that would be better suited than Candy Crush, I think it's perfectly suited, actually, Candy Crush. It's, it's the yeah. perfect game to, to include in Windows 10, but one that would perform the same function, but leave less of a queasy
1: feeling in yeah. our stomachs. Is, is it the free-to-play version of the game or is it the full game? Oh, I'm sure it's the free-to-play version. Yeah, see, that guess, makes so. me feel weird. But if it was the full yeah. game, I think that'd be fine. Mm. It's just like, I've had a computer come with Bejeweled installed before. It's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
0: Maybe maybe a Nintendo game. Maybe Stretchmo, but, you know, it's yes. on PBS, but, uh Um Microsoft, we talked about the Gears of War uh, thing. There was a leaked video that basically confirmed the game was coming. And that's one of the games we're going to have announced at E3 for sure uh, but they did something interesting they banned um the the xbox live accounts and in the process uh, so basically it was uh gamers testing the game uh, uh and they were under nda under non-disclosure agreement and mm-hmm. um they they uploaded the their videos of the game to a service that basically leaked it um and it was a friend who sent it to a friend who didn't know it was... Basically, anyway, a couple of people got their uh, their accounts banned, which bricked their Xbox Ones. Oh. Um, I think they're going to get... Well, it's not that they're bricked. It's that they're, they can't use them until Microsoft decides what they want to do with the accounts. Um, I, I guess they're going to have uh some penalty maybe they're gonna be banned for a little bit um but yeah anyway good news Ge- gears of war uh remake confirmed
1: well yep i the remakes i oh, know this isn't time we don't have time to get into it but the remakes are starting to scare me a little bit
0: yeah me too a little bit it's like it's it's Gears of Wars, I loved when I, that's the reason I got my Xbox 360. I think I was mentioning it this uh, last episode, but it's still, you know, almost 10 years old now. Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure how well it will play if it's just a graphical overhaul and the gameplay is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've had so many remakes now. Yeah. Yeah. that's one, by the way, during the presentation, I really hope they allude to the issues with, uh, with the Master Chief Collection, which itself is a remake of a very well-loved uh, series of titles. Because if they don't, that's what the entire conversation is going to be about. Everyone yep. is going to say, we hope they don't mess it up as much as they did uh, MCC. Yes. Um, Facebook's Oculus Rift is heading out our way, Q1 2016. It's going to be upwards of $200, but not a lot much higher. I could see okay. $250. Um, would you be getting one?
1: Uh, I reckon if, if I could afford it, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's something you would chill out.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, would, I would use it for things like uh, Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, like games that I want to be fully immersed with, I could mm. do.
0: I would go farther. Um, I, I will definitely get one if I manage to get the, um, the the assurance that it works for me, which it doesn't in yes. its current iteration. Uh, I just feel like I have a screen two centimeters from my eyes mm-hmm. and that, you know, I don't see the 3D. It's just one screen. Oh, okay. Um, But hopefully with the newer devices, the newer um, iterations, it fixes a lot of the, uh, you know, the lag so that you don't get seasick, a lot of that. Um, And hopefully it works for more people that are 3D blind, I guess, 3D impaired, uh, 3D vision impaired and and, uh, depth perception impaired to an extent. And that's my case. Uh, it's weird because I see depth. I don't have an issue with depth depth uh, per- perception in the real world, but with 3D things, it doesn't work as well as it should. Uh, it works a little bit. So I'm hopeful that if they fix it, it works. But my point is, if it works for me, I so want to be mm-hmm. in it as we explore whether or not it works. Yes. I am not convinced at all that it will work and that there will be lots of uses that will work with this you know with this thing it might be that we all put it on we all buy it and after 3 months or a year we realize well it's kind of fun for 10 minutes it's okay for for elite dangerous as you were saying for certain mm-hmm. types of games but it really doesn't uh, lend itself to wider applications in gaming or maybe outside of gaming i don't think it's likely that that's going to happen but it's possible but I want to find out. I want to be downloading games and and trying them out and downloading different applications. You know, like like the different things that that the guys are going to be thinking about outside of just gaming. Uh, and I want to be there. So, a year away, it's coming. Yeah. And by the way, good choice on that uh, GTX nine seventy because that is the recommended uh, hardware. That yep. they are that they listed.
1: I think I, th- I think the the recommended hardware there is quite reasonable. The, what they're trying to do.
0: Well, it's definitely it's not going to be you know your average laptop. No. Um. It's it's, you know, it's interesting what people call reasonable depending on their on their approach of gaming. Yes. Um, the the graphics card that you're talking about, the GTX nine seventy or the AMD two ninety. Um, mm-hmm. It's a piece of hardware that costs upwards of $300. It's $350. Yeah. It's basically yeah. the price of an entire gaming console. Um, and you need to add everything else around the PC. Yeah, it's so, not cheap. Yeah. I think a PC that can be used reasonably with an Oculus is a 800 to seven to $1,000 rig. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: but that, I think minimum. that makes sense because the people that want to use an Oculus Rift are the PC gaming enthusiasts that are going to have that rig. Right. You yeah, know? no,
0: absolutely. It does make sense. And I think a year after the release, the, the hardware you need is going to be a little bit... Because this is the bare minimum. They, they spent a lot of time going into the details of what you need, what you uh, the type of uh, calculations you need to perform to have decent images on the Oculus Rift. And yeah. we are just now power-wise able to create that kind of um, these kinds of graphics because it would be anyway so a, a year down the line if you're not really into this wait until 2017 for sure yeah and by then it's going to be a little bit more affordable i'm sure the device itself will have improved and it's going to be less expensive and and more pcs will be able to do that so yep the void is kind of a vr thing oh man <laughs> are you excited about this i can't decide whether it's complete bullcrap or whether i'm excited
1: so i am excited but just because i can imagine going to Nertacular and being like hey guys let's go down to the void for an afternoon and let's <laughs> ha- take a couple of beers and they just let's <laughs> shoot aliens as as a group
0: So The Void is basically a giant warehouse where they install um, a set that has only the physical elements. It's basically, it has uh, uh, hallways and console monitors and doors and stuff, but all of them are just gray stuff. It's just walls. Um, And then you put on a VR headset um, and you walk around and the graphics are overlaid on reality, meaning that if you extend your arm and try to touch the wall that you see in your headset, you actually end up touching the wall that is physically present in that set. Yes. Um, And I think that's a cute idea. I think it's, it's going to be very difficult to actually implement well. Uh, but maybe it's possible i mean the the amount of things you need you need the tracking to be perfect for everyone involved and no lag and the device to be portable and to be portable enough that you know you can't create the graphics you need to have a pc strapped on your belt basically that is linked to your vr headset yeah it's it seems like a big problem and even then once you actually do it I mean, yes, it could be fun, but, and it's going to, the first one is going to be built in, uh, in Salt Lake City, which yep. is why you were mentioning Tacular. Yeah. It won't be available for this Nerdtacular, no. unfortunately, but. Um,
1: I mean, the weight thing I think about it like, if you're going paintballing, you're carrying a heavy gun and, and a backpack, you know, you're going into this kind of thing for realism, I would say. And so having to carry around a little bit of weight to me doesn't bother me. Hmm. I mean, it is obviously something that I would rather not happen, but it's not something that I wouldn't do it for.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's not just about the weight. It's, it's everything, you know? Yeah. There are so many challenges into making this vision sure, yeah. into reality. But maybe, we'll see. I'll, I'll put it on the side as, you know, uh, uh, let's, let's look at it again in a year and see if it has gone anywhere at yes. all except, yeah. you know the 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 forgotten realms of forgotten projects that were silly to begin with mm-hmm. um it could be great for for you know team um events for companies instead of going yes. karting or or paint bowling or wine tasting which you know, <laughs> can have its it's yeah. in it's interesting as well um you could just do that and that would be fun
1: team building this week we're gonna be fighting zombies <laughs> that can work yeah um. All right.
0: Last fun story. Um, H1Z1 players are afraid of the dark. That, w- that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. It's, uh, so H1Z1 is one of those uh, survival games with zombies, as there are yeah. many of them. And uh, the data suggests that when the game's uh, cycle shifts from uh, day to night, apparently players log out in droves. Which is, you know, because they're actually afraid of playing when it's dark, yep. because the game is more difficult and more scary. <laughs> so I don't know. That made me laugh. Yeah. Um. Th- there could be a huge, a, a lot of other reasons why they uh, they would log out. Maybe it's actually more difficult, and they don't want to have to deal with it. Or maybe I, uh, I don't know. But I chose. I chose to. Uh, read it as actually the title of the article, which is H1Z1 players are afraid of the dark and their big sissies. (laughs) Uh, All right. A bunch of other things we're not going to discuss because we've already gone a little (laughs) bit long. Um, And you know what? I'm getting excited about E3. Yeah. I'm, I'm... very excited about the fact i'm finally going to be able to comment on it
1: yeah this will be the first e3 that i'm going to be here for not traveling so i'm very excited to to watch it and take part in it
0: that's very cool um so have you ever gone there
1: no i i I, my goal is to be out there for 2016 but it all depends on how the next couple of months go (laughs) fingers crossed
0: all right I'll cross my fingers as well um honestly I don't even think I would want to go there anymore you know i'm I'm over forty I've done a bunch of uh I've never gone to e3 specifically but I've done a bunch of uh gaming shows in in France in Japan in the us um I think I'm ve- perfectly fine following it from the comfort of my home and uh watching the the presentations in much greater comfort than the people yeah. who are actually there. I don't get to try the games, but pff, it's, you know, I get to watch the videos. So, you know, I'm mentioning happy doing that, that.
1: I think I would rather go to Gamescom in Germany.
0: Yeah, I've never to, been to, to ge- be able to play the games.
1: Yeah, I've never been to Germany and I feel like it's, it's a lot closer. Obviously, just pop on the train in London and go to, I guess, Gamescom's in Munich, but get on the train from London to Berlin. and It's then- in Cologne. Is it, oh, it's in Cologne. So, yeah, there's a train that goes there. Well, um, there
0: you go. Hey, games why why games? don't you go? Well, I guess you, you need to, uh, to apply for it. But you could go this year.
1: I could do, yeah.
0: Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Great. You see, think tank. We're, we, we have ideas. Yeah. All right, that's going to be it for us this uh, for this episode. Um, before we go, James, where can people find you?
1: Uh, people can find me at on Twitter at Iagovos, that's I-Y-A-G-O-V-O-S, and on uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash Iagovos, as well as indielove.com, where I run an indie game site.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, sir. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter. I will be also available on... Well, I am available on Facebook... Uh, Not Patrick is well there. And uh, there is the site, FrenchSpin.com, where you can come and comment on this show, find uh, other shows that are uh, good and fun as well. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll be back in about a couple of weeks. We'll be right at the doors of E3 at that point. And uh, of course, after that next show, we will have a show for E3 itself, uh, summarizing everything you need to remember. And... Uh we we'll, we might have some uh streaming as I was saying, streaming commenting of the events as they occur. I'm excited about that. We'll see if we can make it happen. That's it for us. We will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>